Friday, and that was uh, the text message was, Hi, Pastor Tim. Pastors Ray and Carol asked me to text this to you for the bulletin. Um, it's, I didn't put it in the bulletin because it's hard to put it in words and there's, it's very kind of descriptive. So that's why I'm doing this now. Um, it is to let everyone know about a, a bill coming up for vote in Congress called H.R. 5 Equality Act. It's to protect rights of the LGBT community, but it tramples and attacks Christian freedoms. We're urged to contact our representatives and let them know we object to it and want them to vote against it. There's a phone number here that was given. I'm going to read the phone number. If anybody would like to write it down, it's 867-532-175. I'll repeat that. It's 867-532-175. <laughs> yes. It is 202-224-3121. This is to uh, a phone number to be able to make a call to your representative. So you're familiar with this. Okay. The amendment to the Equality Act, um, according to the, to the Civil Rights, or it's an amendment to the Civil Rights Act, which are calling an Equality Act. And this is actually going to come against, it's to make sure that there's no discrimination against the LGBTQ community. If this act was this amendment to the Civil Rights Act is passed, it will have a huge effect upon every church, every and they, they're not mentioning it, so you won't hear that. It's just to make sure that they have equal rights. Jim Caviezel said to our pastors, persecution is going to come through the LGBTQ community. Now it's not because Jim said it, but. What they said is it's going to uh, America for Jesus. If anybody's familiar with America for Jesus, I saw this um, posted from them last week about this act. Um, it will come against businesses, even if you are a faith business, faith-based business, like a Christian bookstore, like uh, uh, maybe an owner that's born again and plays praise and worship in his place, workplace. Um, you're not allowed to say anything against the LGBTQ. It shuts your mouth. That's what it tried. That's what this act is trying to do while protecting the rights of that community. <clears throat> so I have two links. I'm not going to read them because they are forever long, but if you'd like to see, there's a link to actually read the bill, and then there's a link to see why it's terrible for us, okay? If anybody wants those links, if you just send me a text message, please send link, and then I'll copy and paste them right over to you. Yes. 
Yeah, we do have a website, yes. It's not on the website currently, um, but if you if you want to link to this stuff, I'll just send it quickly on a text, uh, you know, by text for you. Uh, to set that all up, that requires me to get on there and to do it. <laughs> and I'm finding the right, looking for the right person to be able to take that stuff over. And the forums are coming up. Yep. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. I missed it, but that's... Uh, no, that's okay. I missed it. That's okay. Do you have your pen? <laughs> I heard that. No. <laughs> oh, I got you. Uh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know what we're doing this afternoon. Um, amen. So God got me on this this uh, journey of getting back to the basics. Wednesday this past, we had started uh, to dig into some of the things that God has put on my heart. One of the things is um, not studying about different uh, characters in the Bible and different people and things, but just getting back to the to Jesus and the words that He spoke. If I get to it today, I would like to. If not, next Sunday we'll get into it. But it's the the. I remember seeing a message that popped up, and I can't remember if it was Facebook or where it was. And if it, I mean, this is going back some uh, some years now. I'm guessing eight years ago. And I saw this message that popped up of this Christian man, was not a minister, just a Christian man, just devout Christian, and he was diagnosed with um, he was diagnosed with some uh, terminal disease disease, and he they gave him a time frame to live. The video that was posted was the video that he put together to be able to give to his children. So it was like a final, uh, a final word to his children on how to live their life, knowing that he was going to pass away. So it was to basically wishes the, or direction, uh, encouragement, um, and things of that nature to that his kids would constantly remember and have put before them. And it was just a just imploring them on how to live their life after he passes away because he wouldn't be there to give them that encouragement and things. So I, I remember that and it struck home because of how important those last words of this man were. Because everything that he was summing up through life and through raising his children and bringing them up, th there was all nuggets through life. But this one uh, eight-minute video that he put together was so important because he compacted everything that was so in-depth in seriousness of how now knowing, okay, I'm passing away. What can I give to my kids in this last uh, last? couple weeks that I have to live, but how can I tell everything that I would like to, to my children and, and with a, an urgency 
an urgency to, you know, to get it across so that they understand the seriousness of what I'm saying. And this is what the guy, the guy had explained to them. And it was a powerful, powerful video. I tried to look it up a few weeks back, and I couldn't, I couldn't find it. So I can't give it verbatim, and I can, I can only explain this, is that he talked to his children about how to live their life right, how to live their life pure before God, how to live their lives that would, to, that would influence others and directing people's hearts towards God. It was really a powerful thing. How to take care of each other, how to take care of their loved ones, their children. It was so cool just how direct but personal it was that this last message was that he gave to his children. And I sat there and I thought about it. You know, and I just I recall through seeing this video, what would I say to my children? If, if I knew, if, if I knew that there was a time, if God set a time, that, you know what, Tim, on this day, uh, you know, this is going to happen, uh, um, you know, it's your time to go. If I had that preparation, what would I say to my children? What could I get across to be able to speak to them, to just have them you know, without any distractions or anything going on, just to be able to have their full attention so they understand the severity, like every, the importance of what I would like to explain to them. From this point forward, you're not going to see me any longer. But, but what I want you to understand is this is how you need to live your life. And I, I remember seeing that video, and I'm like, it, it just captured me. Like, what, what would I say? How could I, like, just really, what words could I say that just really sink home for that they would say, I'm, I hear it, and I'm going to listen, and I'm going to obey. I'm going to follow what Dad said to me. And through that process, I was reminded of all this because of where God was getting my attention in seeing the last words that Jesus had when he was with the disciples. And so that's where we were beginning on this, this past Wednesday night, which I don't know if we have it recorded. I didn't see it up yet on the website. But John chapter 14 is kind of a, a place of where I was picking up to get into that entry into where Jesus was going to be entering into the garden soon and where he'd be taken away from the disciples. Jesus knew what was going on, was, knew what was happening. He was preparing the disciples for his departure physically with them. Okay? He was preparing them. He was getting them ready, getting them set. On what to do. Hey, guys, you've seen all these things, these cool, miraculous things that have taken place. And you've seen uh, people's lives change. The world's being changed. The world's being affected because of the truth, the light. You hear my words and all this. I'm not going to be here to be able to give this all to you like you know it right now. So he's prepping them for what's, what's to come. Amen? I'm going to begin here back, not completely from John chapter 14, verse 1, but I'd like to go back here 
John chapter 14 and verse 25. If you would like to, you could start John chapter 14 verse 1 or just go through this whole book of John in your own time. Verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told, told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you. For the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. It's time to move on, guys. We've got to move on. Chapter 15. So again, Jesus is here, and I can only imagine the heart of Jesus wanting to dial in and get in place in motion in their heart what's expected of them. Okay, you've seen all this. Kids, we've taught you this. I've taught you this. I've explained this to you. I've showed you this. I've showed you how to build a shed. I've showed you how to use a hammer. I've showed you how to use the, you know, the, the wrench or the, the, the channel locks or the tools that are necessary for constructing or making and and all this is important for for you now to take hold of and just, and use and begin to operate and do this on your own without me around you, that, so it's like the heart of the savior now coming into that place and saying listen guys you've seen all the, these things i've equipped you i've taught you it's important for me to go so that the Father can send the Helper, which we're going to be getting to. It's mentioned back here in, in John chapter 14, but he, Jesus uh, says it over and over again to get a point across. I have to leave. I've given you everything necessary as precept and example for you to follow and to do. Amen? I still, I still get struck by that, like just gripped in my heart, just with that, that, that video. It just it stirred me so much when I saw it. But I put myself now here, like here's Jesus, knowing the time is coming, that the Father has called for him for that time to, to leave, to leave this earth. Amen? And, and what could he say to you? 
What would Jesus say to you if you were with him, seeing him face to face? What would he implore to you specifically? What do you believe that would be? Say loud. What would be the things that Jesus really strikes home in your heart? Maybe the things that you, he spoke to you in times past. Maybe times that he's spoken in the past about the future. The leading. The direction. This is what I'm expecting of you. Hey, remember when I spoke this to you. Remember when I wanted to wanted you to step into this uh, this arena. I wanted you to step into reaching the hurting, the broken, the lost in this way. Going into the streets. Maybe it's uh, reaching your neighborhood. Maybe it's the dream of being in front of people on a stage, proclaiming the gospel. Maybe it was, you know, uh, stepping out of yourself and beginning to move in those tongues, interpretation of tongues. That I'm just speaking all these little things that, the, that God has spoken to you and showed you through times past. And now Jesus saying to you, Jane or Mark or Valerie, he's face to face with you. My time has come. I need to leave. What would he speak to you? Because we see a message that Jesus is telling the disciples, which is awesome, it's powerful, and it's for every one of us. But God is personal. And God wants to speak something specifically to you and to me individually. Amen? He goes on and he says, I am, John 15, verse 1, I am the, the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. You know, some translations it says the husbandman. Another translation in the Greek says this, tiller of the soil. Tiller of the soil. My father is the tiller of the soil. And I love this because here Jesus is putting this in front of the disciples. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser, the tiller of the soil. He's the one that cultivated the ground, cultivated and prepared the earth for me to come. So that that life would come on earth. Amen. And it goes on every branch in me being the source of life, but every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You already, you are already clean because of the word, which I have spoken to you. This, this I love right here. The word cleanses us. He is the word. Amen? Amen. The word of God brings cleansing. Praise God. 
the very words that we read, there's a cleansing effect that happens. Abide in me, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit on itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus saying that I am the, the source of life that the Father has created, cultivated, and brought here on earth and made happen. I am the life here on earth. Anyone that is in me, connected, grafted into me, will bear fruit. But if that branch chooses to not bear fruit, the Father will take it away. But if it does bear fruit, God is going to clean up so that that branch can continue and bear more fruit. What's this fruit that God's talking about, that Jesus is talking about? Disciples, I'm telling you now, I am the way, the truth, the life. There's, I'm the source of life here on earth. Soon I will not be with you. Remember this. Continue to bear fruit. And the Father, through the Helper, is going to help to prune, to clean up, to be able to clean those areas where you're bearing fruit already. But continue to clean those areas. Prune those areas to cause those areas to have more fruit, bear more fruit. He's telling them, guys, Continue to do what, what you've seen me do. Continue to say what you've heard me say. Do the works of the Father. Continue to do it. Bear fruit. How, how do we see bear fruit? You know, we've heard this uh, it, when uh, Pastor Carey was talking about the getting a grip on the basics. It was like a a challenge on the inside. We can do good works. We can say good things and we can, uh, you know, uh, do acts of kindness towards people, which is awesome. But there's a greater level that God wants us in works. Works are not bad. Works are important. Works doesn't gain us salvation. It doesn't gain us a spot in heaven. But works are showing the work of the kingdom of God on the inside of us. But there's a greater level that God wants us to step into where we can bear fruit. Amen. We might have a little bit of fruit that is shown when we're doing these random acts of kindness, giving something to somebody, sharing the love of God. Hey, God loves you. And, and, you know, I want to pray for you. These are all awesome. And if I could say these are foundational things that every single one of us should be doing. But there's a greater level that God's called us to, and that's making disciples. Amen. This is the area the Holy Ghost is wanting to prune. It's a step out and over the, the fundamental, the fun, foundational things of reaching people and just sharing the love of God. But now getting into people's lives, being involved, 
and helping to groom, disciple in the things of the uh, the things of the Word of God and of the Spirit. Amen. God is wanting us to step into the mature things. That's this whole discipleship that we're encouraging, entering into with this teaching. Amen? That's not just a plug. That's just a reality. Amen? God wants us to step into that place. Growing, that's the place where we're seeking the kingdom. We're seeking, seeking God and his kingdom. That's the place where we don't have to worry about any of the, our needs, our desires, our wants, and all these things. When we're in that place, seeking him, his righteousness, his kingdom, God will bless everything we put our hands to. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. I'm just saying, I don't want to be that branch. Amen. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Is that the branches that are thrown aside in a pile and thrown in a fire? That's the branches that are bearing fruit, being pruned, bearing more fruit. Amen. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Amen. Love and joy is perfected. Is the little subtitle that I have here. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. How, how awesome is it that when you can speak to your children, if you have children, or someone that you love, someone that's close to it, and you're speaking to them because, you know, they're, they're wanting to know. They're inquiring. Hey, what do you think about this? What would you do in this situation? And, and you share with your heart exactly those things, what, what you would do. Kids, this is what you do in this situation. Pray. Seek God. Don't ever forget his word. You must read his word. How awesome is it when they catch it and they do it? They've taken what you've said and they've put an importance on there. And you know what? I'm going to not just 
you know, hear, but I'm going to trust that what they're saying will actually work. And it will work for, for my good. Amen? So when we're sharing or helping, and, you know, especially our children, when we're giving them something, these nuggets, and they take hold, there's a joy that comes. Amen? And there's a joy on their end when they see the things start to change for them. Because reality is happening. They see, you know what, what mom and dad said, or what, you know, sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so said, it's, it's true. It's happening. It's working. Why? Because the word of God works. Truth, truth prevails. Amen. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. It was mentioned today by Pastor Laner. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. I always had this image in my head that I would have to die for somebody. That that's what this is talking about. And there may be a reference to that. But I believe there's much more greater, deeper meaning to this. That's when your friend needs your time. Needs help. Needs a moment. That you're laying aside whatever you have going, planned, and, and, and so on and so forth. And you're giving them that time. That moment. That minute, that half hour, that hour, giving up yourself to be able to help, be there in need. Amen? And maybe it's just that being around you or being around them that's needed. Amen? Interaction, fellowship. Love says, you know what, my stuff can wait. You know, if it's, you know, just not necessarily important matters and things can wait, then things can wait. But when, th when we need each other, and there's that moment of time, you know what, I need somebody. I need this. I need an ear. I need somebody to hear me, to listen, somebody to give me, you know, to speak into my life. Whatever that, that important moment is, we should lay down our lives, lay down our things and jump into action. Amen. That I believe is the deeper meaning. We can say, I'm going to jump in front of that car for you, brother. And when the reality comes, oh, wait, I got three kids I got to take care of. I got this and I got that. Will I really do it? I believe the deeper meaning is this, is that we're laying our stuff aside to be there for each other. No matter what, even to the cost of giving up our life physically. Amen? You are my friends. If you do whatever I command you. Disciples, again, I'm not going to be here, but you are my friends. If you do what I command you. Hear these things that I'm telling you. 
Verse 15, no longer do I call you servants, disciples, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. I don't treat you like slaves. I treat you like we're one. You know why I'm here. You know my purpose. You know what the father is intending on doing. Amigos, we won, we uno, compadre. But we're one. Oh my gosh. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, disciples, you're no longer of the world. Right? Amen? Because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the, the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, guess what, guys? When I'm going, they're going to persecute you also. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do for my name's sake because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin because they know what sin is. Amen? Are you guys with me? Verse 23, he who hates, uh, who, he who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. And I love this right here. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to, who I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. You're going to bear witness when the helper comes. You're going to know that he's, that who he is, that he comes from the Father because he's going to do what? Glorify Jesus. He's going to testify of who Jesus is. Testify of his works, his words. How's he going to do this? He's going to remind you of everything that I said, all the things that I do. Amen? 
the Holy Spirit, the Helper, which has come, will only glorify the Father through Jesus, glorify the Son, because he's going to remind of everything he said and did. Amen? This is written to who? It's written to us. It's written to disciples. Ones that have heard, have read, have known the way of our Savior. The lost can't know the the Holy Spirit unless the Holy Spirit sovereignly reveals who he is to them. Amen? The Holy Spirit is for who? The disciples. Which makes this side of... New, Old and New Testament so wonderful makes the New Testament so much greater because of the fact that when Jesus had gone to be with the Father that there was a helper now with us. Jesus served a purpose and he's alive and active still. The Holy Spirit was given to us for such a time as this for disciples to help the disciples, to help baptize and put into us such a great authority and given to us to to now live like Jesus has told us to live. Why? Because that's the way the Father told us. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, if you were to meet face to face with us right now, we know we have the Holy Spirit. We know we have your word. But if you met face to face with us, What would be those words that you would speak to inspire us from this point on, knowing things that have shaped us and changed in our past and the things that we've have brought us to where we are right now. But Lord God, to get to that place where you want us to be, what would those words be? God, I ask that we would all have that heart to want to know what you want for us, what you want from us. So, Lord, I ask you that you would help us by the Holy Spirit to hear your voice, hear your leading, hear your guiding. That God, that as we are continuing to live, we live our lives not for our own, but that we will live our life for you, Lord. So that we can get to that place where you want us to be. Not where we've been, not where we are. But God, that place that you've designed for us, where we're bearing much fruit. That God, that we are 
doing what we're called to do in your kingdom here on earth. That, Father God, that you would allow us to know your ways, know your direction, know your heart. Lord, I ask you that you would just cause a hunger on the inside of us to seek you like never before. That we would seek your face, Lord God. Lord, that you would change us from the inside out. That we would take hold of your words that you're leading, you're guiding, which you're speaking to us. We take hold of those words and don't just let the, the words pass by. But God, that we would take hold of your word. Take hold of those little inspirations, those guiding, those leadings, nudgings. Take hold of them, God, and run with them. I ask you, Lord God, that you would change this house, change this congregation to not just being a, a immature body, but God, a, a, a body that's matured, a body that's walking out its maturity in discipling others, bringing the lost in, God, helping each other in the time of need, getting out of our comfort, getting out of our, our busyness, and Lord God, that we're becoming a greater unit a body in unity. Help us, God. Help us, God. We thank you for all the, t the past prophecies, Lord, spoken over this house. We thank you that you've chosen us to be here, chosen us to be part of it, Lord God. So, Lord, we want to glorify you and glorify your name. We want to honor you, Jesus. We love you, Lord God, with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength. Lord God, everything that we do, every day that we have breath, we want to live for you. In Jesus, your mighty name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Just want to ask this before we before we leave here. If there's anybody that has anything, any need or any prayer, anything that you need prayer for, if you just uh, raise your hand up. If there's anything that you're believing God for, for yourself personally, for any other situation, family situations or anything. Yes, Jane. Um, I'm in stages of, uh, okay. Okay. All the background things. Gotcha. Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, Father God, we thank you right now. We're we're believing with Jane that God that everything would work out by June 14th, 
that Father God, that your hand would be in operation and all the, the uh, paperwork and the hands that, that touch the paperwork and read all the information and take care of all the background uh, workings to be able to get this done, Lord God. We ask you that you would move on the hearts, that they wouldn't just put papers aside and get to it tomorrow, but God, that you would put it on your heart to move and to, uh, to begin to put things in motion for Jane's behalf. Father God, we just ask you that you would just cause favor to fall on Jane. And Father God, to be able to get this house sold in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord God, for favor with both man and you, Lord God. We thank you that it's done according to your word in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Father God. We believe you. God, we believe your word. We believe that you can do all things.